This is Chris Lee of Southeastern 14, joined by Blake Lovell, here to do power rankings after the third full week of college football action. We always start at the bout at the bottom, and that once again is Vanderbilt. The Commodores, just with the, an embarrassing loss at UNLV, gave up 30 points in a row at one point. I don't know what else to say about Vandy. So with that, let's move on to Mississippi State, uh, another team where there's lots to be said and not a lot of clarity going forward as Mississippi State is suddenly inept in the passing game, uh, gave up yards all day long in the first half to Malik Neighbors and Jaden Daniels and fell pretty badly to LSU this weekend. Yeah, Vanderbilt, like you said, not ideal. Mississippi State, I think also not ideal given that um... – you know, felt like a game where, like we mentioned coming in, I mean, LSU, people were kind of doubting them at that point. But I think this game had a lot more to do with LSU, uh, but also had um, quite a bit to do still with Mississippi State. And like you said, just not the kind of performance you want now. Uh, and as always, kind of the, the grind of the SEC slate. Um, and, yeah, I mean, now they go to South Carolina. They got Alabama after that. So, not an ideal loss, but also not an ideal performance, I think, for the Bulldogs. Next two up, Arkansas at 12, South Carolina at 11. And Arkansas just had a bitterly disappointing loss to BYU that statistically it was a game that, that Arkansas should have won but did not. South Carolina led Georgia 14-3 at half, and you, you could argue that the Gamecocks should maybe be a couple of spots higher just based on quality of play. I mean, the, the loss at Georgia wasn't a bad loss. Neither was the loss to North Carolina and Charlotte. Uh, but South Carolina's only got that one win against Firm. And I could see the Gamecocks moving up a little bit if, if they can continue to play pretty well. But a tough schedule is sort of limited Carolina's altitude so far. Yeah, I had South Carolina spot higher, but I mean, I think it's it's also a matter of like where they were in our rankings earlier, which I think after the North Carolina game, you know, they were pretty far down there and we didn't really know what to take away from the Furman game. But yes, I mean, how can you ignore what South Carolina did, um, you know, obviously in the first half with, with a great start, but then just kind of from there still having opportunities, even though Georgia made the comeback. But I think with the way Spencer Rattler's playing and all those things. Yeah. I, I don't think South Carolina is going to stay here. Um, I think they'll start to make their move up probably potentially over the next couple of weeks. Cause you look at the schedule and how things are there. Very interesting schedule now based on the teams that um, are a little bit in front of them. Uh, but yes, that's kind of where South Carolina is for Arkansas. Let's face it. A, a disappointing. And I think even for Arkansas fans would some would say an inexcusable loss, at home, not anything against BYU, but um, that's the kind of game I think if you want to be a contender in this league, you have to win, especially knowing what is ahead, which we talked about before the season at LSU, A&M on a neutral field, at Ole Miss, at Alabama. Next four games for Arkansas. Yeah, not not a rosy outlook there, given that schedule perhaps, but we'll see. Sam Pittman has, has surprised us before and, and could do it again. Okay, number 10, Auburn, a team that, frankly, a little hard to know what to do with because of the schedule so far. But, Blake, here's some interesting things about Auburn. 4.3 yards allowed per rushing play and four even on passing plays for its defense. Now, Auburn has not played a really good offensive team yet, but it's getting the job done, and it's also forcing turnovers 3.7% of snaps. Auburn at 10 right now, for lack of a better idea, I guess, is a good way to put it. 
Yeah, I think you could make the argument to put South Carolina ahead of Auburn, but I think yeah. at the same time, it's like, I mean, what has Auburn done but win their first three games, right? Like, that's all you can do is beat the teams that are on your schedule, and Auburn's done that. Like we said, some of the SEC teams uh, have not been able to do that, and they've struggled against teams you think they should beat. So Auburn's beating everybody. And so, um, yeah, I mean, Cal, what was it? Cal was down to Idaho this weekend, I think. Um, they rallied and won that game, but I want to say they were down quite a bit, but but made the rally to win that one. So, yeah, I don't know how, you know, what that looks like by the end of the season, but now is where we really start to see movement from Auburn in our rankings because that will all come after uh, the outcome of their game against Texas A&M on Saturday. Yeah, can't wait to see that one. Number nine is Tennessee. And, and every year once you get to this point in the power rankings, there's one of those teams that sort of has to slide by virtue of, of what's happened to everybody around them. And this is what we mean, okay? You can't really put Tennessee in front of Florida right now based on what happened in Gainesville. And we had Florida, what, 12 a week ago? Uh, some other teams in front of, of the Vols got wins, and, and some of them big wins, and so there's that. So I, I don't think that there are eight teams in the league better than Tennessee. Now, now maybe if Joe Milton and the offensive line don't get some things figured out, there are, but that's that's how it came out today. Yeah, I mean, I guess my question is, like, what has Tennessee done to deserve to be higher? Um, yeah. They beat Virginia, who is 0-3. You know, um, they just lost to Maryland by four touchdowns on the road. And we said Virginia is probably a team that, you know, you should beat. And Tennessee did that. And I'm not taking that away from Tennessee. But we said, I mean, that was a an abysmal first half against Austin P last week. Now, they rallied and did that. But then to go down, I think, and have the performance that they had at Florida – um yeah that's why like i mean that's not to say it in a demeaning way but like i don't know how you could rank tennessee ahead of anybody else at this point the teams that are in front of them because you know yeah they've got two wins but they're two wins they should have gotten didn't look great um in the game before and then really didn't look great in the biggest game of the season thus far and lost by 13 points on the road against the the team that was what chris 12th or 13th in our power rankings all season so far so yeah yeah i mean i I just think they, by virtue of that, they had to slide down. So, Number eight, the Florida Gators. Blake, was there a team in the conference whose fans felt better about things compared to where they entered the weekend feeling about things more so than Florida fans? Because I, I can't name them other than maybe LSU, but I don't even think that's the case. Yeah, I mean, obviously we'll get to another team in a second, but – Absolutely. I mean, because, you know, we we said and we're not afraid to admit, you know, we were people who were very low on this Florida team entering the season. We weren't the only ones, but we just we wanted to see it before we felt like we could predict this to be the big turnaround. Right. And and who knows, maybe, you know, there's I think Florida fans would even tell you there are still some issues. Obviously, it had to be fixed with this team. But any day of the week, you'll take a 29 to 16 win against Tennessee, no matter where it's played, how it's like you'll take that especially coming off of such a disappointing performance in week one at Utah. So absolutely. Um, and I get it. There may be some Florida fans saying, Hey, we should be higher on this ranking. And I wouldn't necessarily, you know, be against that. Um, but again, you have to kind of put the entire picture into it, which we do. And yeah, I mean, they, they deserve to be moving up significantly now. And uh, I don't know how much they move up next week. Cause they're going to play Charlotte this week, but yeah, I mean, after that, Chris, look at the schedule, right? At Kentucky, Vanderbilt, at South Carolina, um, that is where, again, that, that those are even more interesting tests for this Florida team. But 
Boy, did they pass this one uh, with flying colors against the Vols. Yeah, I did leave a team out in in the litmus test I threw out. I get to them in a minute because we've not come there yet. But number seven, Kentucky, another team that it's hard to know what to do with. Kentucky has played three cupcakes so far. Looked middling at times. I like the talent. I like the assembly of the roster. Good defense as always. Playmakers on offense. Ray Davis is having quite a year. But Kentucky hasn't proven a lot yet and really isn't going to get a chance to do it this weekend against Fandy. So, again, sort of by lack of other options and being unbeaten, Kentucky sits here at 7 this morning. Yep, 3-0 haven't been perfect at all times, but no one has in the SEC to this point. And, yeah, I mean, they're they're still winning games, kind of like we said with Auburn. Um, they beat the teams on their schedule. They've left a little bit to be desired in certain areas. Uh, but yeah, this is where it starts. Cause think about it, you know, obviously they need to go in and be Vanderbilt, but after that, you could potentially have four straight games against top 25 opponents, which we didn't predict that going into the season because Florida would, or they play Florida at Georgia, Missouri, Tennessee, like those could all be top 25 teams based on where they're at right now. So, um, yeah, it's kind of fun to look at now with Kentucky's schedule and the way that it's unfolded, but all starts with this one this weekend against what should be a very desperate Vanderbilt team. Okay, the the team that I left out earlier is at number six. That's Missouri. Missouri, I guess, Blake, I can't think of a bigger win that the league has gotten so far than Missouri's beating Kansas State, which, of course, if you didn't see the play, Harrison Mevis hits a 61-yard field goal on the last play of the game and and hit it really well, not just kind of dead center of the uprights or close to it, but but good by a couple of yards. Missouri at 3-0. Hard to have the Tigers much lower than where they are in a big game against a probably a, a sneakily tough Memphis team coming up this weekend. I tell you, I know I picked against Missouri in our Kansas State game preview, but I'm still okay with that five and zero Missouri bowl prediction that I did in our uh, Missouri video because they're they're getting closer now uh, to doing this. This was the game, like we said, that was the big one, I think, and. Uh, but yeah, win two close games back to back. Obviously, didn't play the way they wanted to against MTSU. Found a way to win it. Um, certainly did some things down the stretch against Kansas State um, to maybe put themselves in a position to give it away. But ultimately, they made the plays. They won the game, and that's all that matters uh, when it comes to this Brady Cook, which you guys talked about in the reaction show. Serves a lot of credit for what he's done, and we're starting to see what this Missouri team can be when they can put it all together. Uh, and it was really all about the offense. So, yeah, sneaky game against Memphis on Saturday. But, um, hey, that, that 5-0 and possibility still in play heading into that game with LSU on October 7th. I feel like we're living Mazzara world here, Alabama at five. But, honestly, I, I think it's justified if you watched a lot of Alabama the last two weekends. I, I think, honestly, I felt worse about Alabama in the way that it didn't really handle South Florida than it did losing to Texas. Texas, I think, could be an elite team, could be potentially the best team in the country. Uh, and Alabama got outclassed in that one. And then just the quarterback play in that South Florida game was miserable. I probably would have put the the tide a notch higher just based on who the coach is and the history and tradition and, and the belief that maybe somehow Nick Saban will figure sing, some things out that – that we haven't seen. I think that's highly possible. But for right now, Alabama slots at fifth in our power rankings. Yeah, you bet on saving in these kind of scenarios. But, man, I don't know. This one feels a little different. Um, 
just based on, like you said, the quarterback play and what that offense is going to look like moving forward. Because now you start to run into some, some teams like Ole Miss. I know they've got injuries, right? But th- they can score the ball. And it's just can they do it against Alabama? That's the question. Because still, you know, defensively, we know Alabama has some strengths there without question. But, yeah, um, I'm also a little surprised to maybe see them drop to to five again. I know we'll just get back to this. We always repeat it. These are our staff composite rankings, not just Chris and I ranking these teams. Uh, this is for our entire Southeastern 14 staff sends in their individual rankings. And yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a surprise that Alabama starting to get a bit lower on a lot of our individual rankings uh, based off of, yeah, that, that it's a two touchdown win, Chris, but uh, that's not one that felt great. I think even for Alabama fans, another team ahead and hard to rank Texas A&M at number four, the Aggies have looked really good in, in wins over New Mexico and ULM for whatever that's worth. And then you had the Miami debacle in between. And again, I think that some things that happen against Miami are, are probably going to be things where A&M gets a lot better. So that's a leap of faith on our part there and some belief in Connor Wegman. And that's how we got A&M to number four. I feel like A&M's issues are fixable. Yeah, There are a lot of teams below A&M in our rankings that I don't know if their issues are fixable, which may be through Alabama's quarterback situation into that. And that's why I am still pretty high on A&M. And I, I can't remember exactly where I had them ranked. I may have had them ranked fourth in my individual rankings. But, yeah, I mean, I – Again, they they decimate two teams that they should have blown out. They were in control of the Miami game until things just slip away, like we said, tackling issues and those kind of things, but those are all fixable. They've still got a very outstanding, talented offense, and I think that's going to be the difference in a lot of these games, Chris, because what if we said, what's the problem for some of these teams that are sliding? Their offenses are not very good. Quarterbacks. And so, yeah, and so A&M set there. They've got all the weapons they need on offense. And I think that's why they're going to continue to be pretty high here, but Hey, maybe it's Auburn. We're talking about after Saturday's game, big game for both teams there um, to start sec play. Yeah. I say quarterbacks. It's really quarterbacks and, and offensive lines too. And in, in some cases, mm-hmm. and in some cases both, but three, two, one, I'll, I'll rattle them all off to you at once because I think, um, they're probably all worth a discussion in the same breath. Old Miss at three. Old Miss, I think, right now, probably, although Missouri might argue with that Kansas State win, maybe the best resume of, of any SEC team so far. Solid wins over Tulane and Georgia Tech. To LSU, I, I think that people knocking LSU down as far as they did early was way premature after that Florida State game. I saw LSU ninth I think in some power rankings that was ludicrous then boy I, I don't know anybody in the league looked better than LSU this weekend uh, uh, probably not I know Missouri got a huge win but I think LSU looked better in its win than anybody in the league did all weekend and then Georgia had won because <laughs> because of last well, year now, listen, you say that hold on I'm going to ask you this question because I'm curious even with LSU's loss against Florida State which let's remember that was a tie game in the third quarter Okay, if Georgia wasn't undefeated last year, would they be number one or would LSU be number one right now? Well, like I said, because of last year, <laughs> I'm just asking. I, I think I've seen people debate this on Twitter, and so that's why I, I think knew. you I've could been debate Ole Miss at number one. Honestly, okay. I, I mean, I think yeah. there's a case there. I don't know that it will hold up, but and we'll find out this weekend the fact that they're six and a half point dogs in, in Tuscaloosa. But I mean, again, based on resume, you could put Ole Miss at 
at one if he wanted to. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think Georgia is going to figure some things out that it hasn't yet. Uh, the, the talent is undeniable. It hasn't looked great, but, you know, did trail South Carolina by 11, answered the bell, won the game. Uh, Georgia's won its three games in front of it, and ho-hum, here they are, number one. Well, since I, I asked that question, but let me just give you a spoiler alert. We all on the staff had Georgia at number one. So yes. everybody across the board had Georgia at one. So we're just asking the question to for a talking point. But I did see some people, you know, look at that and wonder on Twitter. But and again, that's that's Twitter. So yeah, I these top three, like you said, you, you could certainly debate the order if you wanted to, but just by default. I mean, Georgia did it'd be different if they lost the game to South Carolina, but they came back one by ten and as usual. We're talking about Georgia. Well, it didn't look as great as you thought they would, but they still haven't lost a game. So, yeah, they're here at number one. N- nothing like creating a straw man before you you just knock him over with a quick flick yeah. of the wrist. That's kind of what we just did. Yeah. All right. We we hope you liked our our power rankings. Judging by most power rankings every week, you probably didn't because that's what won't. power rankings do. They just make people mad. But there are honest opinions. We do them for fun. And we hope you had fun watching. We do a daily show from 11 to noon central every day where we talk SEC football. Uh, We'll be doing the same soon for basketball, Blake, a sport near and dear to your heart. We're previewing every game involving SEC and FBS teams this football season. So be sure to subscribe to our channel to check all that out. He is Blake Lovell. I am Chris Lee. We are Southeastern 14. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again soon with more SEC football content.